A bombshell from Andrew Luck, the return of college football, and Conor McGregor has graduated to 85-year-olds. Let's talk about it. A brand new air attack begins right now. Yeah, and all that week zero stuff sounds like a great idea until you actually watch the games being played. Um, I was I was happy with the outcomes in week zero, but the the quality of the play, ooh, tough. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, and the Conor McGregor stuff, Baker Mayfield, OBJ again, of course, Jay Z with the deal with the NFL, and of course the uh, the the malcontents who somehow have a problem with that. But we'll start, of course, with the the big story that's kind of taken it did, did everyone a big favor. It took Antonio Brown and his bullshit with his helmet. Okay, which for all I care, he can put on one of those leather ones they used to wear in the 20s at this point. Enough of him. It took Baker Mayfield out of the headlines with another GQ interview and, and just all, all the all the nonsense. And it just basically shook the entire league and the sports world. I mean, it's Saturday night. I'm watching Florida, Miami. I'm out. And just briefly, and I mean briefly at the bottom of the screen on ESPN in red, which always means something breaking. Now, sometimes breaking news can be Tom Brady had four touchdowns today. And it's like 1130 at night and, and, and the Patriots game is at one o'clock. This wasn't one of those times. This was real news. And I said, man, I, I just saw something that said Andrew Luck is retiring. And a couple people said, "Real? What? what? There's no way. And it turns out that's exactly what it was. Now, I tweeted immediately. You follow me on Twitter at BC, a.k.a. The Man. And I was out. I, was, I had a couple drinks. Nothing wrong with it. I wasn't driving. I was having, having a good time. It was Saturday night. And you know what? I decided to go out for a change and watch the games. Usually I watch them at home. Not, not, not this Saturday. And I said, you know... I respect the ability of a guy to make his own decisions when it comes to his well-being, but this comes across as incredibly bizarre and selfish. The bizarre part, you can't question. I mean, come on, guys. It's Saturday night in southern Indiana. It's a stadium. I'm not going to say full of people, but there were a lot of people there. You know there's a tailgate, and it's nighttime, so the tailgate probably started well before the game. And in the middle of that preseason game, these people find out that their franchise quarterback, remember, they gave up an entire season. Remember Suck for Luck? Remember that whole routine a few years ago? Yeah. Who they gave up an entire season for, who they thought had a really good chance to lead him to the promised land this year, who was supposedly going to finally be somewhat healthy, although I guess not. They find out he's retiring, and you've got a problem with their reaction? Now, did they have to shower him with booze? No, they didn't have to. I mean, was there some ignorance there? Of course there was. Have they faced an NFL pass rush, those people? No, they haven't. Have they dealt with his injuries? No. Do they know what it's like to be in pain every day? No, they don't. Okay? Now, I can't relate to any of those things either, except maybe the pain thing. Okay? I've, been, I've, had, I've had stretches, even recently, where I've, I'm in pain every single day. Hey, I'm not an, but I'm not facing an NFL pass rush. Okay? You know, no, Terrell Suggs isn't coming off the corner to crack me with, with, and make that pain even worse. Okay? I don't have to, I don't have to duck Von Miller. So, no, I get it. I get what you're coming from with, with that whole thing. But it takes on a life of its own where no one's allowed to criticize the guy, and, and especially when it comes to the NFL because everyone's got, everyone has an axe to grind with the NFL these days. Either you're Team Kaepernick, which is a joke, and we'll get to that in a minute, okay, because we've been down that road, or you just don't like the NFL because of the way they treat their players and the wanton disregard that they show. Now, that part's totally fair. If you want to be, you know, Team Kaepernick and, and, and recycle all that political drama, see you later. I don't want to hear it anymore. I've, I've been bored to death by that stuff for the last three years. But the NFL has a serious problem taking care of its players. That being said, there's a way to go about this stuff. Doug Baldwin retired early in the, in the offseason. Gronk retired not too long after the Super Bowl. They gave their organizations time to make adjustments. 
Okay? We'll see what happens with the Pats. I mean, DK Metcalf got drafted by the Seahawks probably because they got rid of Doug Baldwin. Doug, Doug Baldwin, it really got rid of them. This is a decision you have to make in March, people. I'm sorry. That's just, there's not one person on the planet who knows, who knows better what an NFL quarterback means to his organization than an NFL quarterback. And I get it. If he, if he doesn't want to be out there, he shouldn't be out there. I get that part of it. If he's not 100% into it, that's actually going to increase the chances that he gets hurt. And now that at least the, the, the franchise can move on in August, but it's August. That's the problem, okay? It's the fourth Saturday in August, and you're sitting here wondering, like, like you're perplexed that the, that the crowd has a problem with it. They're probably all half-sauced over there, okay? The other half probably brought their kids there. And, and by the way, it's not like everyone lives in Indianapolis who's a Colts fan. Some of those people live in Kentucky. Some of those people live across the state, okay? They travel. They might have they made a whole weekend out of it. How about the people who, who are season ticket holders? Are they not entitled to have a little bit of a say there? Thousands of dollars for, for a product, and basically now the best part of that product isn't going to be there. It's like booking a party at Ruth's Chris, and all of a sudden you find out when you get there, by the way, we're out of stakes. Okay, we'll get my money back. No, sorry. Can't get your money back. Dinner's about to start. You know, Dave Chappelle walked away from the Chappelle show after what, two years, three years? I think it was two years. People didn't like that because of the way he did it. Yeah, he's entitled to end it, but the way he ended it so abruptly, people didn't like. To the point now where every time he comes up with a new stand-up special, and this is a guy who disappeared for almost a decade. Every time he comes out with a stand-up special now, people go crazy on him. He's so dirty. He's, he makes fun of trans people. He's not the only one, trust me. Okay, but he covers, he touches all the bases. And you're right, he's not politically correct. He's not part of the establishment. But you're not going to tell me the people from Comedy Central, okay, who felt jilted by him years and years ago, aren't still trying to bring his ass down. Because they're part of the political and entertainment establishment in a lot of ways. They just are. Because of the way he left. I remember as a kid, Axl Rose just left the stage. I wasn't watching, but you're here. He just walks off the stage and says he's had enough of Guns N' Roses. I believe his exact words were, fuck this band. And it's, big, it's a big story. The band is allowed to break up, but when you break up while you're on stage, it's a little weird. This was weird. And the fans should not have found out during a preseason game, especially one they were at. It was absolutely, positively bizarre. Announce it Friday. I mean, listen, they still would have been mad, but announce it on Friday. You somehow let, let word leak out on Saturday, and you're on the sidelines with these guys, and you plan on retiring the next day. So I'm sorry, man. Why would you why would you subject yourself to all that? And if you think I'm being a little bit insensitive, I'm not being insensitive. I understand mental health is a big thing, and he 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 all but said it. I'm just not into it mentally. I'm exhausted. I get hurt, I get better, I rehab, I'm in pain, I get hurt again. But now after everything he's battled back from, now it's a calf injury that sends him going, sends him uh, sends him packing. Sends him out of the league? I, I, I'm sorry. That's gonna, that is going to draw some criticism. Would Tom Brady do this? Would Russell Wilson do this? Would Eli Manning do this? Want me to keep going? You don't. The bottom line is it's absolutely positively just unreal. This, this kind of thing doesn't happen. I was trying to think of a comparison. I don't, I don't know. I mean, the Magic Johnson thing came to mind. The Magic Johnson probably at that point was still an established Hall of Famer. Andrew Luck's a little younger than Magic was, and obviously there was a cultural thing because Magic was talking about, you know, Magic thought he was going to die. 
didn't happen that way. But at that time, in the early 90s, we, you know, we all kind of thought so. We kind of thought it was only going to be a matter of time before he was a goner. It was a different kind of a thing. And then, you know, with the comeback and people's fears and kind of getting over all that, there was a bigger picture there with Magic. And there's a bigger picture here with Andrew Luck and the way the NFL takes care of its players. And the emotional side and the psychological side, okay? I'm not insensitive to that. But figure it out at least before the draft. If you can't figure it out before a free agency, that's one thing, because free agency starts before the draft, right? But you got to figure it out before the draft. You have to. Or at least you got to try. And according to all the different stories and sources that you kind of connect the dots, the Colts had about a week to deal with this. Okay? And, and listen, you, you want to make a big deal about how, well, the Colts are going to let him keep his money, and Calvin Johnson had to give back a million dollars to the Lions. That's the Colts and the Lions. But, of course, let's be cheap and try to make it into a race thing as well. There's nothing to do with it. The Colts decided this is the direction they're going to go. They understand what he's been through. They've seen he's basically run through a wall for them. He's abused his body. And they probably don't want the negative publicity of some sort of legal action or what have you. So they negotiated a settlement. I'm sure the terms will probably be kept quiet. But they're not going to ask for a signing bonus back or anything like that. That's their decision. Just like the Lions made a decision that the Lions are notoriously cheap. A few years ago, the Lions decided to ask Calvin Johnson for money back, and he gave it to him. That's just a different kind of thing. But these things take on a life of their own. An opinion gets out there. It catches some momentum. And now everybody has to act like, oh, my God, anyone criticizing Andrew Luck is the devil. Not true. Not true. Just like I don't know what it's like to stand in the pocket of an, of an, of an, NFL, on an NFL field and face, you know, uh, third and 11 where, where everyone knows I have to throw. So they're going to come, come and be teeing off on me. I don't know that. But maybe some of you professional athletes and even some of you members of the media who are going and just basically unloading on the fans, maybe you don't know what it's like to plunk down hard-earned money for season tickets, where that's like that's a major, major investment for yourself, your family, your kids, and it represents a, a, a decent percentage of your paycheck. And whether you like it or not, the fans are paying those big contracts for these players. I mean, everyone likes to get on NFL owners lately, and sometimes it's very much justified. But don't go hating on the fans. The fans are helping to pay for this nonsense, okay? You guys all hate the league so much. Who do you think supporting it? Owners are playing the, player, the players because the fans give them money first to do it with. The people the people's providing the money have a right to be a little bit pissed off when what they're paying for takes on a different form with little to no notice. I, I don't understand how you guys don't see. I, I, the bottom line is you got to see both sides here. I get it. But everyone's seeing Andrew Luck's side and not, not have, having any kind of sympathy whatsoever for the Colts fans. And I, I, just, I just don't get it, people. I'm sorry. You rattle off a list of quarterbacks again. Drew Brees wouldn't pull this shit. He just wouldn't. But somehow Andrew Luck does it, and, and we're going to take up because it's, it's cool to be anti-NFL and anti-owners and everything. Why is it cool to be anti-fans? Uh, you you should have listened. Again, I want him to do what's best for him. I hope he has a wonderful life. I hope he does. Hope he becomes a billionaire. That'd be great. But you know what? He just wasn't handled the right way. I'm allowed to say both those things, and I kind of wish more people would. So, so that's that. Now, keeping with the NFL stuff, um, the Jay-Z story is not, you know, it, it really is not that big of a story at this point. It was a story for about a week. TMZ seems to be the entity most responsible for keeping it going. Basically, Jay-Z signed a deal with the NFL. Um... It's an entertainment deal. Now, is there a social justice initiative in there also? Yeah, whatever the hell that means. If that means they're going to build community centers and 
and, and, and become active in the community in some way, shape, or form, that's great. If it helps kids, that, that should be great. Eric Reed doesn't like it, though. So apparently because Eric Reed doesn't like it, it should be a story, except it really isn't. Jay-Z and the NFL are obviously massive uh, figures in their respective fields. Um, Jay-Z has become a mogul at this point, obviously with a record label and everything else, representing athletes. So this is a no-brainer. It looks like this may actually segue into Jay-Z owning at least part of an NFL team. Um, if it does, it does. Now, the Kaepernick camp, that includes Eric Reed. they do have one legitimate gripe, and that is that Jay-Z was supposedly with Kaepernick, and all of a sudden now he's doing business with the NFL. Yeah, that's because the opportunity presented itself and the opportunity to make a lot of money presented itself, and that's what he's going to do. And you know what? That's how business works, people. But it also underscores something else. This is why Eric Reed should probably just keep quiet. No one has to check with Colin Kaepernick before they do a fucking thing, much less Jay-Z. I don't have to check. You don't have to check. Jay-Z doesn't have to check. The NFL doesn't have to check. No one has to check with anybody. Okay? No one's canceling Jay-Z. Okay? All you, all you Twitter warriors out there. Okay? Jay-Z saw a deal, and he took it. And if somehow there's a kid out there that gets help along the way, how is that possibly a bad thing? Well, because Eric Reed's ego is shot. That's why. That's why Eric Reed doesn't like it, because his ego says that, you know, Colin Kaepernick should be on an NFL team somewhere, blah, blah, blah. They continue to do things to alienate the league. I mean, continually. I mean, including bad-mouthing this deal. But, that you, but you think after you do that, like, like two days later, Colin Kaepernick's phone's going to ring, and he's going to get an invite to training camp to bring him and his bullshit, and don't forget his girlfriend, it's a package deal. Don't forget, Nessa has to be there, too. Okay, and she'll have something to say about it as well. We've been down this road. So Jay-Z signs a deal. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Did, did he kind of go back on what he said before? Yeah, he did. And why, why did he do that? Opportunity. And if opportunity means money, opportunity means money. He's certainly made a lot of it. It's funny. You know, he got, the guy raps about, you know, trafficking and drugs. You know, I used to sell snowflakes by the OZ. Remember that, remember that line? I used to sell snowflakes by the OZ. Just so you guys, if you guys at home are, trying to, are, are confused, snowflakes means Coke, okay? OZ means ounce. I used to sell Coke by the ounce. You know what they call that? They call it drug trafficking, kids. There's a name for that. It's called drug trafficking. And I'm not here to judge Jay-Z or anything he did in his past, anything he did to make ends meet, support his family, or <laughs> things he did to provide the building blocks for his billionaire empire today. I'm not, that's not my point. But somehow you have a problem with him doing business with the NFL because you're just, what, jilted over the fact that they just won't sign Kaepernick? But you don't have a problem with that. It's almost like some of you pick and choose what you're upset about. And if you pick and choose, you're not really upset about it. Bottom line is they're just they're people with an ax to grind, again, with the NFL. And they're going to go after Jay-Z. They realize going after Jay-Z is kind of futile because Jay-Z has amassed such an empire. It's like going after Amazon. You go after Amazon. I hate Amazon. I don't shop at Amazon because they treat their workers like garbage. And some people say, well, what's, you know, that's not your problem. Eh, it's not my problem, but it could be my problem if I was working somewhere where they acted like that. I just don't like Jeff Bezos. I don't like anything about him. I don't. Now, is that going to bring down Amazon? Not at all. That's just my choice. I just, you know, when I want something online, I usually get it through eBay or something else, and it's, and it's fine. It's, it's totally fine. But I just, don't, I just happen not to like them. So it's just, you know, you can try to bring down the NFL or try to bring down Jay-Z, but it's a stupid fight to pick. And so Eric Reed, just when he, when he opens his mouth, he realizes no one really cares. And he puts on the Kaepernick jersey on SportsCenter so everybody can see it, which, again, is what this is all about. So Kaepernick could become his own brand off the football field. That was the idea anyway, okay, which I said to begin with. And next thing you know, he's, got, he's come out with his own line of jerseys with his name on it, by the way. Yeah. 
No, it's not all about him. It's about he just wants to help people. Give me a fucking break. Okay, that's just completely ridiculous. So, like, Jay-Z can do what he wants to do. Nothing crazy about that. You know, I even noticed that Saquon Barkley was getting into the Kaepernick conversation. Literally the last thing the Giants need is Saquon Barkley, okay, in his second year on a team picked last in the NFC East to start off with this nonsense. He is do That does absolutely nothing for his team. But you know what? A year in the league, maybe some teammates who get in his ear, maybe his publicist, you know, says something to him, his manager. Oh, you know how you can get more attention, Saquon? Hey, listen, that's, that does nothing for the Giants. The Giants got rid of Odell Beckham because of nonsense like this, because of non-football-related antics affecting the team. Nobody needs to hear Saquon's thoughts. Of, and, I, and I was totally, totally in favor of the Giants taking him because he's that good. No one cares about your thoughts on Kaepernick, Saquon. I mean, seriously. This is what you're focused on in training camp? Come on now. The Giants got rid of Odell because of stuff like this. Notice that he, he's gone, and all the leaks from Giants camp that Josina Anderson was constantly breaking are gone with him. Giants don't need more division. I'm not saying this is going to kill a locker room. I'm sure a lot of guys are pro-Kaepernick, but you, you get the idea. Just focus on the game first. And Eric Reed wants to pop off at the mouth and go ahead and ruin the Panthers? Go ahead. Seriously, go right ahead. You want to act like a fool and continue and continue this charade? Go right ahead. Because these guys want a career after football. That's what they're doing. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's obvious. It's beyond obvious, but that's just how it is. Speaking of Baker, I don't want to spend a lot of time on Baker Mayfield, but here he, now he does his own GQ interview um, where somehow he's got something to say about the Giants drafting Daniel Jones, okay, which is kind of weird when Odell Beckham's your teammate. So it's, it's kind of hard to think those two things are unrelated. The Giants shouldn't worry about him, shouldn't respond to him. I know he reached out to Daniel Jones. The bottom line is this team's doing an awful lot of talking. And it's a team filled with guys that have really not won much of anything. And I like Baker. I think he's a winner. I think Odell could be a winner. Hasn't been yet. But you guys haven't won anything. Now you've got a bullseye situated firmly between your shoulder blades for the rest of the league to see. You're alienating people. Now, the Giants don't play the Browns this year, but that's my point. The Giants aren't even in the Browns' conference or their division, but meanwhile, Baker Mayfield's doing interviews and he's popping off about the Giants. And Odell, Be Odell Beckham, like an obsessed ex, is still doing that? Give me a break. You know, you guys split up. It's done. You feel the need to badmouth and badmouth and badmouth and badmouth? Maybe, maybe when they're not badmouthing you at all, maybe it's you. Okay? Trust me. I would know. Two people go their separate ways. One person's keeping their mouth shut. The other person is just badmouthing and badmouthing. And bad maybe that's the person who's got the problem. Just saying. And why don't those guys focus on football? Now they're on the cover of Sports Illustrated because that's never gone south on anybody. I'm telling you, those fans in Cleveland might be excited. Don't confuse being excited, okay, with, with not being able to turn on you. If the Colts fans can boo Andrew Luck, believe me, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham can get booed out of the stadium in Cleveland. Okay? Fan base has been waiting a very long time for something to be excited about. Now they got something to be excited about. If these guys underperform, go ahead and look and see how, the, how Cleveland treats Baker and Odell and their respective antics. Those people still haven't forgotten that Ernest Biner fumble or that John Elway drive. This is a fan base that turned on LeBron James. Think they won't turn on those guys? You're out of your mind. Stick to football, guys. You guys, are, you guys are entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to speak your mind, whether it's about the helmet you want to wear, whether it's about your pal who you think should be playing quarterback because all he did was kneel, right? All he did was kneel. Just like all Andrew Luck did was, all he did was look out for his health. That's not all he did, okay? Just like Kaepernick didn't just stand up. For, we all know what he was doing. He's putting on a performance, okay? This is what it's come down to. You guys are allowed to speak up about it, but play football first.
And if you're a second-year star in the Giants, for the love of God, play football first, second, and third. Just saying. And, and, and the Cleveland Browns have not done anything. This, this is a very impatient sports town, very loyal sports town. Okay? They are a big-time sports town out there. They, they love the Indians. They, they love the, the Browns. The Cavs, they love when they're good. Uh, I'll give them that. Okay? But don't forget, in that area of the country, you're also competing with not just college football, but high school football as well. There's, there's, there's only so much to go around with these fans. So the, the Cavs have been the, the team where when they're good, they show up. When they're not, and eh, not so much. Believe me, that team starts out 1-3 and three in, in Cleveland. We'll see, we'll see how those antics all play. Speaking of uh, fake activism, the U.S. Women's National Team, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them because I already have. The U.S. Women's National Team is now going to go to court with U.S. soccer. Um, I don't think this is the right move. I think it's bad because basically you're going to have a winner and a loser, and the loser is going to be someone on your side. And basically, they sat down to negotiate, and they blew up immediately. That's fine. Negotiations break down all the time. Unfortunately, Megan Rapino and Kristen Press immediately do a tour of morning talk shows to rip U.S. soccer. And they seem to think that the court of public opinion is going to be the same as a court of law. I'll put it, I'll put it very simply for you. Because Megan Rapino thinks she's a lot smarter than she is. The idea we want the same thing for the same work is just a completely ludicrous argument and would set such an incredibly just bonkers precedent. Do you think the players on the, New, on the New York Liberty, and for those of you who don't know, that's a WNBA team, do you think those players are going to make the same amount of money as the players on the New York Knicks? I mean, they're both playing basketball, right? And by Megan Rapinoe's argument, they're all doing the same work, except they're not. We all know they're not. Matter of fact, the biggest story from the WNBA to come out probably in the last five or ten years was Brittany Griner threatening to retire because she got into a brawl on the court. And she's got her own problems off the court, and they shouldn't. It's hard to keep the two separated because you know, you know they're not going to be kept separate. You know that. But you should keep them separate. It's not fair for her to be judged on the court for her behavior off the court. Not fair at all. But she's someone where drama follows her. Odell would be comparable. Odell has not gotten into nearly the trouble this girl has. And she got into a brawl on the court. The girl's damn near seven feet tall. And she didn't like what someone did. Someone threw an elbow at her, and she came at her. And she says, hey, listen, I'm trying to defend myself. And this now becomes one of the biggest stories. My point is, this is the biggest story out of the WNBA. That's how much people really think about the actual on-court product. It's not the same stuff. It's a ridiculous argument, I think, by the women's na na national team and their players. Now, if they want to get more money, just renegotiate a new deal. But to go all the way to court, I think, is a very ugly thing. This case is scheduled now to start in May, and it's like 10, 11 weeks before the Olympics start. Not, not good timing. Not good at all. Ladies, settle this thing out of court. Negotiate. Sit down. But actually negotiate it. And not on TV, but behind closed doors. The best thing for everybody. Um, Conor McGregor. <laughs> now... If Conor McGregor was in the NFL, he'd be suspended till about 2022. Dana White and the UFC just can't get enough, apparently, of his antics. But now he's beating up old men. And I don't, I like, like the term old man, because I think that every year, you know, people live longer in some countries. They live longer, you know, 60 isn't that old anymore. 70 isn't really that old anymore. I mean, I, you know, everything's relative. But when you got a guy at a bar that looks like he's about 85, 90 years old, and you decide to punch him in the, in the face... By the way, while he's sitting, just because he doesn't want to do a shot with you, my question to Dana White in the UFC is, when is enough enough? When do you draw a line here and say, we're not going to put up with this shit? And the answer I got overwhelmingly on Twitter and on Facebook was basically when he stops making the money. And unfortunately, these antics are free publicity. But the bigger picture here is that there's something wrong with Conor McGregor. And the way the NFL's taking a bunch of heat for the way their players are treated, I mean, what's up with some of these UFC fighters? 
the sport is not really old enough for us to necessarily know the long-term impact of all this stuff, but the guys are getting kicked in the head with no protection there whatsoever. Getting elbowed in the head. Conor McGregor was probably nuts before the UFC, but this is just is not a good look for the organization as a whole. It's, it's, it's clear. One thing's clear. The UFC, UFC is not making his condition any better. And now he's punching guys that are just seated on bar stools. Where's he going next? Does he want to start acting like Kramer and start, and start taking on kids in karate class? Say, listen, I'm a white belt. I should be fighting seven-year-olds. I mean, what, what does he want to do? I mean, with this guy, it's getting to the point of like, you know, like you know, Odell Beckham's been given a lot, of, a lot of heat for the last, you know, for the last few years. And, and rightfully so, he's earned it. But if Odell Beckham acted like this, he'd be out of the NFL. And, and my question is with the UFC and Dana White, where are we going here? Yeah, I remember when the story broke about Aaron Hernandez and they found his, his vehicle or a vehicle connected to him. I forget if it was a rental in, in his name or if it was just his vehicle. And I think it was a Jeep. I think it was a Jeep Cherokee, actually. But they found it near the scene of a murder. And somehow this vehicle might have been involved in a crime. And I remember how that whole thing escalated, you know, over the course of basically a week to him getting arrested. And obviously it played out and, and you know, he ends up killing himself and, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. It turns out he's basically... Basically, he's killed a lot of people, you know, or at least at least a few that we know of. And with Conor McGregor, you're just waiting for that moment. You figure it's going to be Vegas, Miami, Ibiza, somewhere where there's parties. Okay? And you're waiting to hear, hey, listen, uh, there was an altercation outside of a nightclub. Conor McGregor was involved. Two people are dead. You're just waiting for it. I'm, I'm serious. So maybe the best thing for the UFC is not to say, well, he makes us a lot of money right now. Maybe the best thing for the UFC is to say, listen, he can make us a lot of money over the next seven, eight years, however long he wants to fight. But maybe right now he needs some time off. Maybe he needs six months or a year to think about it. Remember, he already had that one major meltdown at the Barclays Center, which almost looked staged until you realize that it wasn't. This is a pattern here, but the pattern seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. Remember, he broke a, fa a fan's cell phone outside you know, a club in Miami not too long ago. But by comparison to what he did here, now he's punching guys who are just minding their own business on bar stools. I mean, he's literally going out and looking for fights. That's up there, absolutely positively up there with the kind of behavior Mike Tyson used to exhibit as a kid. We, saw how, we see how everything ended up for him. Now, do I think Conor McGregor is going to end up broke and getting taken advantage of? No, I don't. But for the sake of the entire brand, for the UFC and whatnot, could this affect their ability to stage fights in certain cities? Yeah, it could. Some people may start, you know, saying, hey, listen, the UFC is evil. I'm kind of surprised they haven't already. One way or another, Dana White's got to get Conor McGregor under control because Conor McGregor's not going to do it on his own, bottom line. Now, college football. First and, first and foremost, it was so great to see game day on Saturday morning. It was not great to see it coming from Disney World, which is now Disney, Disney's in Orlando, and Orlando was the site of the Miami-Florida game. That's great. That, that's fine. However, the fact that ESPN, who is owned by Disney, obviously, decides they're going to stage this whole thing in the Magic Kingdom, it's just so, just so shamelessly self-promotional, not to mention the people that wanted to go to game day had to have a ticket. I didn't like that at all. Now, they were allowed to bring signs in somehow. They might have smuggled them, but there was a no signs policy, like a no banners policy in Disney World. So either they suspended that policy or they said, you know, what the hell, we're not going to check that closely. And they let people kind of get away with it one way or the other. The guys were in there with signs. That was fine. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing, Desmond Howard was the target of a Twitter mafia campaign because he had the audacity to quote. And it's, it's, it's risque. I get it. It's, it's a little over the line. 
but a quote from Chappelle's show from years ago, and it's not, a, not even a Dave Chappelle quote, it's a Wayne Brady quote, where he said, is Desmond Howard going to have to choke a bitch? That's a famous skit from the Chappelle show, and by the way, a very funny one. And I've heard Chappelle's new stand-up on Netflix is hysterical. People, of course, are going crazy telling you not to watch it, which is the best promo ever. I don't know why these... It, it's like Eric Reed. Well, you know, Colin Kaepernick should be in the NFL. That's great, Eric. No one gives a shit. The world's still going to go on. So once these bunch of these fools get on Twitter, and they say, well, you shouldn't watch Dave Chappelle's new stand-up special, as if that's really going to work. you got to be out of your fucking mind. Of course I'm going to watch it. I was going to watch it anyway. But once Vice and a couple other, you know, blithering douchebags tell me I shouldn't watch it, it's getting watched. Sorry, in fact, it's getting watched later today. And apparently it's absolutely fantastic. Desmond Howard decides to quote, uh, you know, that, that one particular line from Chappelle's show way back when, and it was a very, very funny skit. And next thing you know, everybody's trying to get him fired. He's not going to get fired, and rightfully so. Wayne Brady himself actually reached out. But just because you're too ignorant or too young to know what he was getting at there, okay, doesn't mean he gets to lose his job. And I'm glad to see more and more of this stuff sort of falling by the wayside because it's absolutely ridiculous. And people's lives have been ruined because of this shit. Desmond Howard is a good guy, does a great job on that show. I, I think College Game Day is actually a really good show overall. And I don't like ESPN. That's one of the times when ESPN actually gets it right. College Game Day is, is pretty good. So it was great to see college football back. But come on, that was slop city. Florida-Miami was slop city. In Florida, if you had Miami in the under and you cashed, good for you. That easily could have gone Florida over. Probably should have. If not for the just ridiculous antics of Felipe Franks, the uh, the Florida quarterback. I thought Miami um, Miami could hang their hat in the fact they have, a, they have a good quarterback. Okay, the problem was Florida spent half the game in their backfield. Florida had like 15 or 16 tackles for loss if you count all the sacks. That is a lot. And that is a problem for Miami. So Florida kind of dominated that game, but because of the sloppiness, the turnovers here and there, yeah, you get a closer game. I personally had teased Florida down in that game. Um, I also had a couple live plays in that game that split, so I ended up ahead in that game. I was, I was happy with the way it turned out. Then you, you follow it up with Arizona and Hawaii with a couple really good quarterbacks. I had a feeling that game was going to fly over the total. It did. You had a very exciting ending with Khalil Tate getting stopped at basically the one-and-a-half-yard line. Uh, it was exciting. There, were definitely, there was drama in these games, no question about it, okay? But... There were like between the two games, I think there were close to 10 interceptions. It was crazy. So this was not necessarily the best football ever. Look, we all know it's made for TV. It's made to promote the sport. We get it. As long as the kids aren't getting hurt, I really don't have a problem with it. But just something to look forward to next year and in coming years. These kids and these teams that have one less week to prepare. Hey, you know what? You might be rolling the dice just a little bit more if you're looking to get involved in the games. As far as week one games um, that, that are really interesting, you don't have a ton. I mean, tonight, you know, you got Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I like the way they're laddering these games a little bit just to sort of spread it out. Again, that's just TV for you. That's fine. Um, I'm kind of interested, you know, just to see how Clemson comes out against Georgia Tech. Obviously, they're going to raise the banner, um, you know, at home tonight in Death Valley. Georgia Tech is undergoing a major, major overhaul with their entire system. They bring in a guy who has been a defensive coordinator for a bunch of different schools. He's been around big-time programs, does not have a lot of head coaching experience, comes from Temple. He's going to get rid of that ridiculous option offense, and I understand the service academies run you know, offenses like that, but in 2019, give me a break. So he's going to bring Georgia Tech closer to the 21st century, which is nice, just about 19 years too late. That's going to be interesting to watch because Clemson should get a lot of short fields. If I knew that Dabo Swinney was going to absolutely try to make a statement here, the 36-point line, which is, which is what it is right now between those two teams, wouldn't even be close to enough. I mean, anything less than 45 wouldn't be enough, but I don't know that he's not going to pull guys in the, in, you know, at the end of the game or you know, for the fourth quarter, what have you. But you know, Clemson team total over, maybe Clemson first half, maybe Clemson for the game. There's, there's something there because I think Clemson is going to get a lot of short fields because Georgia Tech is now running, and this is a big thing. If they have to run a whole new system, they're doing it with the wrong players. 
I mean, he's going to have a bunch of freshmen in there, but I mean, you're talking about freshmen running an offense in they're going to Clemson the night that they're raising the championship banner. What are you fucking kidding me? How do you think that's going to go? So that'll be kind of fascinating. But then Utah BYU, I believe this is the 100th edition of what they call the Holy War. This is a big time rivalry. Okay, don't be, listen, don't get confused by all the white guys on the field. This is big time, hard hitting football out in, it's going to be in Pro Bowl for this edition. Almost always a close game. That's going to be, in, in my opinion, it's going to be fascinating. Um, Friday night, not a ton of stuff. Michigan, yeah, Michigan, Tulsa, that could be, eh, I don't think there's anything great there. Wisconsin on the road to South Florida might be interesting because that, that quarterback for Wisconsin, a lot of people are not sold out. Then at noon on, on, uh, on Saturday, you got Ohio State, new head coach, new quarterback. See how they come out of the gate. Everyone expects Nebraska to be this great team. They're 36-point favorites at noon on Saturday. That might be fun to watch. Alabama-Duke is interesting just, for this, just from this perspective. A lot of people are down on the Alabama defense this year. It'll be interesting to see how they hold up against Duke, who is mediocre at best on offense. Remember, they just gave up Daniel Jones. This, by the way, this is pretty sad, is the Chick-fil-A kickoff game in Atlanta. This is who they're getting now. So they get Atlanta, and they, well, they can get to show up to play. So they get Alabama. The only team they can get to show up against them is Duke. I mean, are you out of your mind? Um, Northwestern Stanford is mildly interesting, and I mean mildly. The, the other intriguing game, and I think it's at 7 o'clock Eastern, is Florida State-Boise State. It's a big game for both schools, but especially Florida State, especially Willie Taggart and his coaches. He's been there now. I think this is his third year. He's got to get something done. He absolutely has to get something done this year. This is a big game. Now, it's in Jacksonville. We'll see if they actually go forward with the game because there's a hurricane heading that way. Um, what else is new? But obviously, we hope everybody is safe. That's, that's, you know, that's the number one priority there. Um, Georgia goes on the road at Vanderbilt. They're about 21-point favorites. You would expect them to, to manhandle a very sort of untalented, very blasé Vanderbilt team. <coughs> who does not have much of a home field advantage in Nashville. Um, they expect that to be about two-thirds Georgia fans, so that's going to be interesting. A team that they, a lot of people think can upend Alabama this year is Georgia, especially because Alabama might just be a little bit dinged up on defense, just not have the depth. Um, Michigan, yeah, we'll see, you know, they are 35-point favorites over Middle Tennessee. Um, you know, obviously we expect them to roll there, but all eyes on Jim Harbaugh this year. I mean, it's about, it's going to get to a point where they say, okay, either, either get us to a Rose Bowl, get us a Big Ten championship, or get out of here. I mean, honestly, I'm surprised they've been as patient with him as they have already. Oregon and Auburn, that's your marquee matchup. Eight, it's ABC, 730. They're going to play in Dallas. So congratulations to that game for actually getting two, uh, two big-time programs to show up there. Um, Auburn has a very highly touted freshman quarterback. Remember, uh, the kid Herbert is the quarterback for Oregon. Um, who decided to stay for his senior year. A lot, of the, a lot of people thought he would have been the first quarterback chosen, uh, not Daniel Jones. He could have been, you know, if things played out differently, that kid could have, been a, could have been a New York Giant right now. He's not. That'll be an interesting game to watch as, you know, one team tries to, you know, they're, they're ranked 11 and 16 respectively. One team tries to put their foot, you know, kind of, kind of in the top 10 if they, if they get a win there, which and rightfully so. So you have some intrigue this weekend. There's, there's not really, there's not a, I mean, there's not a really a tremendous blockbuster there. You have two games on Sunday and Monday. It's Houston, Oklahoma, and it's Notre Dame, Louisville. I mean, Notre Dame's a 19-point favorite, and, and Oklahoma's a 23-point favorite. You don't really have a blockbuster right out of the gate. Week two has a little bit more of that. So you have a lot of unknowns, a lot of new quarterbacks, new coaches, all that kind of stuff in week one. That, that's, there's nothing new about that. And you have opportunities to bet these games live and bet them at halftime at, you know, once you have a little bit of a feel for what you're looking at. And by the way, just so you guys know, those of you who like to bet on the games, you don't actually have to bet on them. Okay, you don't have to bet. In fact, you don't have to bet on any games, but you don't have to bet in the games in week one. I promise there's plenty of wagering opportunity coming your way. So don't feel like just because it's week one and there's a bunch of games, you have to fire away and that somehow makes you more of a man. I promise you that it doesn't. And that's all the time we got this week on The Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out Facebook.com slash The Air Attack. Also, follow me on SoundCloud and on Twitter at BC, aka The Man, and subscribe 
like, follow The Air Attack with BC the Man on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on Spreaker. Close it out tonight with my man from Chicago. Here is Beads with two shots. I am BC the Man. I will see you guys next week on The Air Attack. Strong that bitch.